is Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. But when the customers walk in and you're working behind the tasting bar and they're like, this is amazing. You just get goosebumps. Mm. You know what I mean? You just sure. feel, you feel that energy. And I just started to feel it and it snowballed for mm. me. Um, and I haven't looked back. Hey guys, welcome to the Swell Suite and happy Friday. On this episode, we talked to Melissa, who is the general manager of Black Ankle Vineyards. She has a really cool story because she transitioned from politics to wine, and I was there to witness it all. We have a long history. We actually worked together at Black Ankle many moons ago. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. So whew, we had to take a little break, a little two-week break gather ourselves hey glennis how are you hey sweet. the woman with the plan that keeps us all in line got Ciao. Us all. <laughs> how you doing i'm good how are you just working sweetie trying to you know get a little taste every now and then but yes. have you been going out more well <clears throat> not far i did go to a um a little like concert, but everybody had their own tents. So you were setting oh, your cute. And the con the 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 stage was away, so everybody had their own tents. You brought your own food and things. So you stayed in your little area, enjoyed the food and dance. But that was a nice outing this past Saturday. My cousin went with me. Oh, you picked oh, a good weekend too. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. It was Saturday or Sunday. No, it was Sunday. So it was Sunday. So that was the only thing I really did for Labor Day. Mm. Nothing nothing big i wasn't trying mm -mm, i ain't trying to be around too much and too many people just yet i saw on the news that travel went up 30 percent this weekend really so now the 30 percent did they break it down to what type of travel well the 30 percent was related to airports Whoa. that's a big jump in airports that is that yeah. is oh my gosh oh. uh, when do you think you'll be comfortable enough to get on the plane again well, I'm scheduled on October 28th. Okay. Going to Jamaica, so. Nice. Yeah, I mean, if I could walk around here and go to the store, I'm going to use my social distancing skills there, too. You got to do the um, test before you go. I already talked to the hotel. That's, you know, if the test comes back positive, God forbid. Yeah. But. They said I could just move it out to a different date. And I'm flying Southwest, so mm. I don't lose no money either way. So. Right, right. No good. Well, that you know, a lot of people are escaping to islands. I'm telling yeah. you, I just hope. Uh, you know, the, the thing, the key is, I tell people, God, be careful, because you, you want to get sick and get stuck on a freaking island. That's <laughs> Yeah, Girl, yeah. I'll be, I'll be on the plane like this. <laughs> 
cold in my damn breath. I got me some N95 masks. You know, girl, let me tell you, I got stockpile of stuff. Yeah. I just got a whole right aid had um Lysol. I got my four from them. Five four. They let you buy four? That was the limit online, girl. <laughs> and I got my wet ones. I got a whole arsenal downstairs. Oh my I was goodness. getting up Friday and Saturday, being at the CVS, getting to the CVS. And when they were um, opening up, bringing out their stock, I was just buying. And every time um, I see online, because I'm in this group, <laughs> where, where the Lysol at is the name of the group. You are you're lying. <laughs> Girl, that's how I learned how to do this. And they will post the link. Some people get up in the morning. They're like, y'all better wake up. Lysol hot at Walmart. Oh, my God. In the morning. If, I, if you wake up at four or five, like I do, you be like, oh, let me click. Shit, be sold out, girl. That's how I find out. So, you know, periodically I go through the day. That's how I know the right aid. Right aid, right. When I look and they posted a minute ago, I was like, oh, I can still catch it. I have a stockpile. I'll send you a picture. Wow. Lysol, Clorox, my wipes. I'm good. <laughs> they won't catch me sleeping no more. <laughs> Our special guest has arrived. Hey, Mel. Hey, I'm a little early. Oh, that's fine. Oh, you're at the winery. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. Yay. Oh, How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Good. Melissa, this is Glennis. Glennis, this is Melissa. Hi, hey, Melissa. Melissa. How are you? Wonderful. Nice to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. And so Melissa and I met almost 15 years ago. I know. And we were working um, at Black Ankle at the same time. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't believe it's been that long. I can't either. You were hired before I was. Uh, maybe like a few weeks right? or a month. Yeah. yeah. But not long. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So um, please introduce yourself to everybody. I will. Hi. So um, my name is Melissa Schulte. I'm the general manager at Black Ankle Vineyards. Um, I'm in the tasting room here right now. So you can see the clay walls here behind me. Um, I am a San Diego native, California native, um, and I am now a transplant. Sarita just dated me, but I've been here <laughs> almost 15 years. <laughs> but I'm not giving up my 619 area code on my phone number. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your story. How? Because you were not working at, full, uh, at Black Ankle full time when I met you. You were doing something else. Tell us the story of sure. how this all happened. Yeah, so I, um, everywhere I go, um, I gravitate towards wine. So when I moved up to San Francisco uh, from San Diego, I started working part-time at a winery. And it's just a really good way to kind of get to know people in the area that have similar interests that you have. Um, and so when I moved to this area, I was in like, um, in Baltimore City area, and I was commuting to a job on Capitol Hill. So I worked for a U.S. Senator in politics, pu public policy stuff, uh, of course, um, that drives you towards drinking a little bit. So, um, so I did, I found a winery um, that I just love the wine. And um, I think Black Angle had been open just a few months at that point. And um, so I just started working part-time for fun, um, just to get to know people who were like-minded, um, people that uh, like wine and uh, went from there. Hmm. Yeah. Now, so you jumped industries. How, how did I that did. come about? Yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that transition. Yeah, so I, well, so 
when I worked part-time at Black Ankle, I think they were in startup mode and, and we're still in startup mode. I mean, especially with the new COVID stuff, um, which I think we'll talk about later, but it just feels like when you're a new business, any business, everyone is all hands on deck. And I think Ed and Sarah, who are the owners of Black Ankle, they just didn't know what they needed. So when I was offered a full-time job at Black Ankle, it was very much like, we don't really know what we're hiring you for, but we know we need something. Um, and I called my dad because my dad is like my consult and he was back in San Diego. And I was like, dad, I know that I just went to grad school and everything for public policy and relocated to the East coast for a job on Capitol Hill. But I think I'm going to leave my job. Yeah. And he was like, but then, you know, he said, you know, honestly, like Capitol Hill will most likely anyway, who knows these days, but will most likely always be there. And so uh, why don't you just go for it? So I, um, I talked to my chief of staff at the time and I said, Hey, I know I've only been here about a year and a half. Um, and I was not looking to leave my, my job. I mean, I was, I was super interested in it. Um, but I just always gravitate towards the wine. So um, I feel like it's just a way to actually be creative, um, especially in a new startup business. You can be creative. You can uh, try to build something, help build a brand, um, and, and help Ed and Sarah, who own the place, um, build their business. And so that's what I've been doing now um, for over 10 years. Um, wow. Yeah. And my dad didn't disown me. I think, he, <laughs> you know, um, I put him in the wine club that helped. Oh, oh. there it is. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're in good shape still. How is the um, winery doing with the onset of COVID and how is that working? What changes have you had to yeah. make or adjust? Yeah. You know, honestly, yeah, it's a lot. Um, and it seems like it wouldn't be that different, but, um, it's just a different world. Um, you look at things, I mean, when you're at a winery and like, at least when I go wine tasting, and I think when most people go wine tasting, they are, um, they're there for an experience, but also like the sense of community, um, right. you know, to why I got into wine, you know, like there's something magic about standing behind a tasting bar yeah. and talking with customers and you don't know those people but like they're at your bar and they're going to get to know you and get to know what you're doing and, and also what the the vineyard is doing and so um we had to look at it from a different perspective so our number one priority is safety and and that's um you know you can we made a list of protocols we are now by reservation only um we are just trying to find ways to maintain the hospitality um but also somehow distance, um, which is kind of hard. I mean, everyone's experiencing it in every industry. It seems like, especially restaurants, um, yeah. bars, all of it. So right now the tasting room is open seven days a week. We were only open Thursday through Sunday. Um, so the idea being that with everyone working from home or people that want to come out on a more quiet day, they can visit anytime. Um, I think we're going to continue being open seven days a week. It's actually worked out great for us. Um, we are now by reservation. So um, if you go on our website, you can make a reservation and visit. Um, if for some reason there isn't a reservation available, um, email us because we will do our best to get you in. Like we will like bring a table from inside, outside and let you sit at it. So um, the idea is that everyone can come when they want to come. Um, you have many different ways to order. So you can go at a bar, which is socially distanced in place and order for a flight. And instead of having um, a tasting at a bar, instead the flight is then delivered to you by one of our um, tasting room associates. Okay. Um, you can also text your order. So you don't have to talk to us. Um, wow. You know, in person, if you want, you can, there's 
on every menu when you're seated, you can shoot a text and say, hey, bring me that bottle of Pasajata and six glasses. Um, I'm at table number two. And then we'll, we'll okay. work it out too. Yeah. I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. You got to evolve and you got to yeah. change with what's happening in the moment. Yeah. Definitely. And we just want people to feel good about visiting, yeah. you know, like, and we want them to leave with a memorable experience. So um, anything that we can do when they're there, whether it's bringing an extra splash or something, or, you know, it's, um, it's a way to kind of differentiate us from whatever it is that they're dealing with in their life. Like, right. you know, like, whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, you can just like leave it in your car. And then yeah. you can come in and we want you to feel safe. We want you to have wine that you enjoy. Um, and just kind of still have the hospitality uh, yeah. side of it. So. Are you are you guys still doing tours or anything, or is it so just tours by? Yeah, so tours by appointment. Okay. Um, so because we need to make sure, like first of all, so you can't have parties larger than six still um, per Maryland state law. Um, even moving into stage three, um, but you can make an appointment for a tour. You can have a tour in English or in Spanish, so you can request either one. Nice. Um, you can you can mask up everyone's wearing a mask of course right. um and we take you on a walk and um show you the place but just limited to parties of six or less mm -hmm. um if you want a little bit of a larger gathering like 20 people something like that we're accommodating people after hours am i yeah. allowed to have a sip of wine mullen uh, are you allowed are you kidding me we are all Isn't drinking yeah. wait <laughs> <laughs> so what's everybody drinking melissa what are you drinking yeah so I am drinking, um, I happen to be at Black Ankle right now, so I am drinking Black Ankle wine. Um, but I'm drinking our new Crumbling Rock. So Sarita, like you worked at Black Ankle from the beginning uh, mm -hmm. for, for many years, but you, um, I don't know, I fell in love with Black Ankle because of the 2006 Crumbling Rock, which is a Bordeaux sure. style blend. We are estates, so everything we grow is grown, produced, and bottled on site. Um, and the Crumbling Rock is kind of one of our flagships. We've got a few flagships now, but the Bordeaux blend, this guy was just released three weeks ago and it's um, it's like a true meritage. It's 36% Cabernet Sauvignon, 30% Merlot, and then a blend of the other Bordeaux varieties under that. Um, it's pretty good. No, but actually it's pretty good. <laughs> I think you would actually enjoy it. I'll show you some. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Glennis, what are you drinking? I am drinking, I don't know if you can see, it's a Lafitte mm -hmm. du Rosé from Saint-Tropez, France, um, Côte de Provence. It is Grenache, Mourvedre, and Syrah blend. Mm -hmm. And it's made by a African-American um, winemaker who mm -hmm. partnered with um, this vineyard in um, Saint-Tropez. Yeah, I've had it. It's delicious. This rosé is marvelous. And at the moment, if anyone is looking to purchase it, I know, shameless plug for them, but there, some of the proceeds are going to a organization called Care. So you can buy certain, a certain amount of bottles and a certain percentage goes to Care. So it's drinking with a purpose, people. The best <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> and you can also find that wine at Chats, another Black-owned business. Mm -hmm. oh. Chats on Capitol Hill. Yep. Order or buy that Chats. Yep. Yeah. Tanisha, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. You on mute. How you? Hey. Right. I had to turn it off before I started talking. <laughs> and y'all know I'm drinking water, so we don't need to have to. You drinking water? Wait, what time is it there? I always lose track. It's almost it's 11. 
Oh, okay. Almost midnight. So you in early for a Thursday? Our pro region um, swirls. <laughs> it's. It, I mean, it's nowhere to. I mean, well, I can't say it's nowhere to go, but yeah. Cause y'all are open, open. We open, open, girl. Everything <clears throat> is open for business, like normal. Everything is regular. There's no more distance. There's just it's a free for all. Melissa Tanisha lives in Paris. Wonderful. <laughs> I know. It's like that is yeah. wonderful. As we yeah. sit here in all of this rain, it's flooded everywhere. Did you the city is bloody. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Rhode, Rhode Island, Island Avenue Rhode is completely Rhode flooded. What? Yes. Wow. That will make you drink. So everybody take a sip. <laughs> Listen, y'all better get y'all live right. This is the end of the world. Right. This is it. Too much Why is happening around the world. Blood? This is it. <laughs> these are the last days all right uh, so melissa i have a question for you yeah. black ankle was a pretty big deal when they released crumbling rock 2006 i i mean they were getting so much publicity all of this attention when did you realize that you would be a part of something special so when i started at black ankle i was in my mid-20s and um honestly when I tasted the wine before I ever worked there, I was at a wine shop in Baltimore City and um, this gal had a bottle of crumbling rock and it had a brown bag around it. And she was like, here, do you want to taste this? And of course I had just moved from Napa. I was like, you know. Um, Napa uh oh, okay, we'll try this Maryland bad, wine, right? but it's not gonna be good. <laughs> right, so, yeah. mm -hmm. so I thought it was from France. She poured it for me and I was like, this is fantastic. It was so balanced and um, I just loved it. And um, a lot of wines in Maryland now are just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the industry itself has come like there's so many wineries and they've come a long way in the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, I was, I have to say, like looking back now, I realize it a lot more than when I first started. You know, when I first started, I was like, I'm just trying to get in here and, and do as best I can and try to get this place going. Um, Ed and Sarah are fantastic mentors to work with. Um, you know, they, they encouraged me to push the limits a bit. Um, but when the customers walk in and you're working behind the tasting bar and they're like, this is amazing. You just get goosebumps. Mm. You know what I mean? You just sure. feel, you feel that energy. And I just started to feel it and it snowballed for mm. me. Um, and I haven't looked back. I mean, um, yeah, like there are ups and downs. Like there are really busy days where you crash at the end of it, but you feel good. Um, I guess also another cool thing is we're, um, so we're starting another brand and that came about about two years ago and it's wow. a lot closer to DC, mm -hmm. um, which is really exciting for me. And so when I realized that it wasn't just going to be black ankle, mm -hmm. um, it was like another opportunity to be part of something else even bigger. And so that project will be completely off the ground, probably about four years. It takes a while. I mean, you got yeah. to plant the grain, I got to grow and then you got to harvest it and barrel age it. But, um, but I think that was part of it as well. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, I love sending wine to California. So I love when I get to ship wine to those people out in California and I get to, they open it and they go, wow. And, and to me, I mean, it's not just about California. I mean, it's, there's wonderful wine, so many places, but I learned about wine in California. And so I really like to send it back home. Awesome. What type of reactions do you get when you say, hey, I'm sending Maryland wine to California. What are their reactions like? Sometimes like a pat on the head, you know? <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. I'll try it. Um, 
It depends. I mean, you know what? There are so many, like, so many transplants. I mean, what I love is that oftentimes we send wine, the people that I'm sending wine to in California, unless they're like my family and friends, are Marylanders that move there um, oftentimes. Or somebody from California visited someone who lived close by and took them here and they wanted to be able to like share things. Um, and now of course, like everyone's zooming and whatever. And so they, people are joining because they want to be able to drink black and go wine with their friends in Maryland that they can't visit or their family in Maryland, they can't visit. Um, but also as an industry, um, I don't know. So I, I have to say, I have a lot of friends that still work in the wine industry out there and it is a really collaborative environment. I mean, you guys probably feel it. Um, from your from where you're looking at it, but um, I feel as if um, at least my my friends, um, I can call them and say, hey, I totally screwed this situation up. Like, what did you do in this situation? And they're they're willing to share with me, um, kind of just like like the culture um, yeah. is kind of neat. When you're at my level, it's a little different. I think I don't I don't know. Maybe it's different, but I'm kind of in the nuts and bolts of it, like the day to day operation type things that I do. Can you describe what you do? I like people sure. to um, sort of absorb other professions in the wine industry other than winemaker. A lot of people right. don't know that they can do other things. So can you describe your position? Sure. So um, so I, my title, my official title is like general manager, but I have to say that I'm really like, it would be general manager of like the business side of things and not winemaking. Or oftentimes you'll see um, a general manager of a winery is also in charge of like the wine operations. Um, but I like every once in a while, they'll let me clean a tank. Um, which I think is so exciting. I put on like the tank, the overalls and I'm like taking all my pictures, you know, and they're looking at me like I'm weird. Um, but that, the other side of thing is like hospitality. It's, it's about, um, bringing people together. It's about, uh, getting the word out about our wine. Um, our wine is a high price point. Um, especially like you go to a grocery store or I guess you can't buy it at a grocery store in Maryland too often, but you go to a store and you look at all the wines and you look at all the price points, you know, ours is on the higher end of things. Um, our bottles range anywhere from 30, um, to $56. And we do have like one $120 bottle, um, mm. that doesn't really ever make it to stores. Um, but it's a matter of showing people, Hey, like we can do this here. Um, and I think that that is fun, I guess. Um, for my job, so we have many facets of what we do. So we sell wine through a wine club. Um, we are predominantly direct to consumer sales. So we sell about 95% of our wine direct to consumer. So they either buy it from our tasting room or through our wine club um, or our website. Um, we have about 5% that we sell to stores and restaurants. And um, we love selling to restaurants because that means you get to try our wine with food, uh, which is huge. I mean, it just changes. Yeah. You, you guys it changes everything, as you know, yeah. uh, about the way the wine is perceived. Um, and it also makes it part of an experience. Um, I get to be creative. Uh, we get to come up with new interesting experiences for people. We've got actually quite a big team now. Um, Sorry, I don't know when the last time was, and I think some of you guys may have visited, but um, we have myself, and then we've got um, five full-time management staff. Oh, nice. um, we have two tasting room managers that co-manage. We have a marketing manager, um, events manager, um, operations. Um, so, and then we have a bunch of, I think we employ 80 or so part-time Get out of here. Oh. I think it's 86. Um, oh. And we have, and we've just started a harvest internship program. So we've got our first harvest intern ever. Um, oh, we know him actually. Oh, you do? It's Vince. Yeah, we know him. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually, I think he's been, he's worked eight hours so far total. Okay. And, um, I think, I think it's going to be fun. I think he's going to enjoy it. 
Yeah. It's a little like he was definitely like getting dirty in the winery, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good year for it. Um, it's a little rainy here, unfortunately, but hopefully it'll dry up. Um, I guess, you know, honestly, if you have a business mind um, and you enjoy growing a business and you love wine, there are many opportunities to get into it, um, especially on this side of things. Um, Maryland is a growing industry. So just because you work on the East Coast doesn't mean that you can't get full time involved in, in the wine business side of things. Um, oftentimes working in the wine tasting room area, um, not as a, necessarily a part-time staff. Once you move up a little bit, you can move into winery operations. So if you're interested in the nuts and bolts of the logistics, you can always insert yourself in the tank cleaning piece. And then, <laughs> you know, so far I haven't graduated past tank cleaning. I think Vince is already way past me. Um, but, uh, so it's pretty fun. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff. And I mean, we have, um, like Vino 301 visits, like you can, um, there's so many different groups of people that come out here that enjoy wine and it's just, it's just a fun way to get to know them. Yep. So you guys are making bubbles now. Oh, really? People, yeah. People, when we worked there, people were screaming for bubbles and I know Sarah was like, no, it's too expensive. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Now, what inspired them to finally pull the plug? So when they first started, and I don't think Ed and Sarah will watch this, but maybe they will. Um, when, <laughs> when we first started, Ed and Sarah, before they like, I think got totally full into the research, um, they thought that they were gonna make sparkling wine. And Sarah loves bubbles. I mean, Sarah and I have that thing, we share that, we both love bubbles. And um, I used to work part-time for a winery out in Napa that made bubbles. And so um, she planted, Ed and Sarah planted champagne clones here. Mm -hmm. Um, so our Chardonnay clones and our Pinot Noir clones are actually clones that were meant for sparkling wine. Um, and they grow here and we, we've been making still wine out of them the whole time. And so, um, the Chispa, which we just released, um, and it sold out in 30, like 32 hours. I, I'm sure it did. It was wild. Um, and it, I mean, we didn't make that much of it. It was like a hundred cases or something, but, um, anyway, so. We had, back in 2017, we had a lot of Albarino. And um, we can sell Albarino all day long. People just love Albarino. It's a very uh, easy wine to drink. Um, we're a state, so we love, we love to grow it here. It does well. But I think that they just had a fair amount of it. And they were like, Let's, this is the opportunity to experiment. Um, for Ed and Sarah, it's one of the things that's wonderful about the fact that they're there own like they own the place and they make the wine so they can take risks without risking someone else's money it's their mm. money um which means that they do they take a lot of risks that really tend to be interesting and kind of um increase the quality of the wine um so they were like well let's just go ahead and google this you know and they just <laughs> looked up what to do and of course we've got friends in the industry um that helped us like we called them and said hey what do we do you know lucien who is our winemaking consultant who's from margot um he weighed in a little bit and they bottled a little over 100 cases of it um and stuck it down the winery to um, ferment in the bottle for a couple of years and so it has just been aging down there and really you know you just leave it there to age and then the action happens when you actually have to like put the the cork in it like yeah. take the cap off and put the right. cork in it Discord, so they were yeah. letting it age yeah um and they really I mean honestly this one was a little bit dirty it was definitely it was still made in close to the champagne um, method a little variation because we did it a little late in the process um this year 
uh, we picked grapes specifically for sparkling. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have a sparkling wine, I mean, it's, uh, you want to pick it at a little bit of a lower sugar level. Um, the alcohol levels are supposed to be a little bit lower. Um, and so this year we actually picked it for sparkling. Whereas in 2017, when we made our first chispa, we had it in tank already. Mm. Uh, and so mm. we're going to make it again. How do you like it? I love it. So yeah. did you grab a bottle? Should I no, of, co of course I did. No. no, I didn't okay, make hold it. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just scribbled. I remember what that scribble means. Um, um, it's very good. Um, we release it to our wine club only um, because we just didn't have a lot of it. And, yeah. um, and honestly too, like um, we had scheduled it for release in March and then like to us too, like sparkling wine is a celebration and there's been so many things that society has been dealing with um, that we decided it wasn't a time for celebration. And so we waited um, and we emailed our wine club um, I guess about two weeks ago and said, hey, we're releasing this and they purchased it all by list. That was something that we were really surprised how fast it went. Um, it's really, really oh, were you really? So no, <laughs> but, but I have to say that to the people that didn't get any. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we'll send you some. Um, so oh, please no, but, I look for, I, I was going to say the people that didn't get it, like us. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> I made sure to buy a bunch. I don't know if I can ship to Paris. No, I I'll get it when I come back to the States. You okay. hold on to me, Glenn. Put your hands on I have a couple of questions related sure. to that. Um, you said you only release it to the wine club. Do do were until when people come to the um, tasting room, were they allowed to taste it as well if they weren't in the wine club? We actually didn't even taste it for members. Wow, wow. And what did you retail it at for your, what, what's the retail, your retail think, price point? I think we sold it at 36. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think we sold it at 36. Um, we did not, members didn't get to taste it. I mean, this is one of those crazy things about our wine club membership. So we've got 3000 members, um, a little bit more than that now. Um, and honestly, like COVID, like they just swooped in. Yeah. I mean, they were contacting us and they were like, how can we buy your product? Like whatever. So we, because we had to close and also they were concerned about our staff. I mean, they were like, so oh, yes. you know, like all of these things. So they just swooped in. So um, one of the things that Ed and Sarah do really well, well, okay. So Sarah will say this. We, we make a lot of really bad wine um, to quote Sarah. We just don't bottle it. And it's, <laughs> ha. Right. And it's, it's really important, especially when you have a wine club of 3000 people that trust that what you're going to send them is going to be good. Um, and so um, with the chispa, with the sparkling wine, they just really trusted that it was going to be good. Um, and we made it the price point we thought that was a good price point for it. Um, it was very limited. We could have probably priced it a little bit higher just because it was limited, but we want to make sure we price things at a way that this is like, um, it was very good. It had some beautiful yeasty notes, but it was definitely like fun. You know, it was a little bit lighter in style and fruity. Um, and it was aged two years, but not longer. Um, mm. and so, yeah, so we released it to our club. Our wine club is, um, is a really cool way to buy our wine. And how did you come up with the name Chispa? Is that how you say it? Chispa. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll tell a little story. So initially we called it Estrella, which means star Ooh. in Spanish. 
but there is a whole Australia. Yeah, and we should have Googled that more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna change the name. And yeah, <laughs> um, and so we had to. And honestly, like Australia is beautiful. It's beautiful. I used to work for Domaine Chandon. We had a sparkling wine that we called at twelve, which in French is star. Um, but yeah, so then we had to come up with something really quickly. So when you submit your labels to the federal government uh, for when we do our blending to when we have to submit our labels, like we have like two days. So we come up with like this bank of names um, and Sean Boyce, who is Sarah's son, um, they have five kids. Ed and Sarah have five kids. They live in Silver Spring. Uh, Sean came up with Chispa, which in Spanish means spark. And we thought it was just, um, just fun. Um, and something that kind of was a really good name for sparkling wine. And it also had not been trademarked. Mm. We checked. Yeah. Art. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things like you don't realize, like working in wine, oftentimes customers come in and they're like, so what do you do all week when you're not open? And I'm like, oh, so much. Yeah. Um, all of the know, things. Yeah. yeah. All the things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I have to say, like, when I worked there and you jumped into the full-time position, you really helped that place tick. Like, nothing, nothing sort of functioned without you. And you really, you just like, you really. (laughs) I know Adam Sarah see this. (laughs) (laughs) No, you deserve a lot of credit for the way that Black Ankle has grown in the past 10 years. Seriously. Thank you. It is, um. It is so interesting. Like you make one decision in your life and like your whole life catapults after that. So like I made the decision to completely leave this. I had just finished grad school for public policy. Um, I had my, I like had landed like my dream job, like, um, and I just switched. And then from there, like my whole life changed. So I'm from San Diego. Like I was living in Baltimore. I was commuting to the Hill. I was a young person working on the Hill. I was so excited. Um, I was taking Mark train in, you know, so that it was like a, I would just work while I was on the train. Um, and then now I'm like basically a farmer. You are a farmer. (laughs) So if you see any of my Instagram, like I've got goats and like chickens and, um, other animals that I don't want to like admit to like so many animals. And, um, so we've got a little farm, my husband and I, but also, um, there's other things too. So like, I was lonely and I went on a harmony. (laughs) And I met my husband because he mentioned black ankle. And then now it's just like, I live and I breathe it. And I, um, Ed and Sarah do a really good job making you feel like you're included in the process. And I feel very vested. And um, to me, it's actually really rare to find something like that Mm. Um, in any, whatever your line of work is. It is just a wonderful opportunity when you find something that doesn't feel like work. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know, I mean, that is, that is the key. Um, and so it's just been a really wonderful, really fun experience. Um, hard experience for sure. Um, but I feel, I feel like it's, it's so much fun, but then also at the end of the day, like it's a winery, like you're going to yeah. have fun, you know, yeah. like you're not doing brain surgery. If something fails, like it's a winery, like, mm-hmm. You know, and the pressure that comes with other things, like you forget it. Even when you work here, you forget it when you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge testament, I think, to what Black Ankle does for its customers and its staff 
and that's that tone is set by how you are when you walk in the room here and um it makes a big difference for me for sure i think yeah that's i love I that to say. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have any other questions before we go to our next part of our show Mm-mm. no all good all right so we got some random questions and pretty much these are for everybody um name your winery pet peeve Megan poured enough for the taste like mm. just poured a little drop I'm yeah. like can we at least coat the bottom of the glass please can we you know <laughs> it's really hard to sell something you can't taste I mean yeah. it's a terrible strategy to pour a tiny pour yeah, yeah I think um, because if you want to sell wine they need to taste it and, and enjoy it <laughs> now I think mine is not being able to get to the actual bar because mm-hmm. people don't understand unless you're in the wine but you really don't understand how a tasting works okay you taste then you move to the side and let somebody else taste you don't sit there and just guzzle mm-hmm. so i think that's like one of my outside of what tanisha just mm-hmm. said um mm-hmm. especially when the person standing next to you got a different pour than you now mm-hmm. that will really it's like scratching down the chalkboard for me. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, right. right. Mm-hmm. And you know where that goes. Yeah. I'm asking questions. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Can I have a little more, please? Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, what about you? Um, I think being greeted. Oh, like, I knew you were going to say that. You used to say that all the time. You know, I get really upset. And so you stand there and you're walking in, right? And then there's a full bar. And all the person behind the bar has to do is look at you and say, oh, I'll be right with you. Right with all you. of a sudden, bam, you're acknowledged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus standing there and then like avoiding contact everywhere. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. You know, I think I, to me, that's like a number one. Um, and I learned that at, you know, my previous job. That's where they were like the number one thing. You need to just make eye contact. In mm-hmm. which case, then you're going to remember to pour them wine too. Or I'll tell you what, you have a full bar. Somebody's waiting. Like, get your get a couple glasses and grab your bottle and run out there and be like hey while you're waiting i'm gonna pour you this because mm. all of a sudden exactly everything's fine, right. everything's fine. Yeah. little wine goes a long way yeah yeah i miss that kind of service how about it oh <laughs> uh, you know what mine is it's something that people do all the time and it drives me crazy they put their bag on the bar on the bar their purse like on the oh, bar like this is this is not your house they oh do my. that at it home dri- it drives me crazy where it do they live crazy. who does that at home i mean just right. just plop plop their bag right there like i'm gonna be here for a while i don't care if it takes up space it drives I me insane i don't like that in the bar at a restaurant like i don't like that at any bar like don't put yeah. your purse there yeah you'd be surprised and i know a lot of bars are starting to not have hooks anymore um and they don't have backs on the chair so you can't put it there but i'm like well we can't even sit at bars here anymore so oh sorry yeah well i'm like oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay next question what brand of potato chips do you prefer ruffles or jays if i'm at home jays because i like ridged potato chips because they're usually very salty mel what about you hmm i like potato chips so it's really hard. So I like the Uts. I like the Uts salt and vinegar potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to buy them at all because mm-hmm. when I do, it's like just yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like, I like Uts. 
and actually like just regular like sea salt potato chips kind of any kind go good with bubbles yes they do Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. What about you, Glennis? So did you, was the question the flavor or the actual brand? The brand. The brand. Okay, so two, two. one is Uts for like just everyday blah, blah, blah. You pick up a bag just like um, Melissa said, I try not to buy potato chips because they don't last long mm-hmm. um, because it's so easy to snack on. But when I'm traveling and I know I'm traveling out the country or whatever, I always buy Pringles because of the can and uh, Pringles will, so they won't get all crunched up or whatever. So you have very some smart. The Pringles, especially the sour cream. Oh, yum. Yeah. Yeah, but you need a mint after those. Nothing has your breath smelling riper than sour Why cream. Why do you need a mint when you're going to drink some liquor or beer? You don't need no mint. <laughs> I mean, depending on where you ready? are. Especially you said going out the country. If you had them on a plane and you've been sitting with those on a six-hour out- flight, you know You're where I'm. Sitting. You know I'm drinking. You know where. I'm, you know. You know I'm drinking. Tanisha, oh my don't God. Me. Right. <laughs> okay. You know. You I believe, but other people <laughs> listen. Everybody can't take that advice. All right. <laughs> and then you wear your mask, and you can smell it. In your oh mask. God! Right, Isn't yourself. That awful? Oh, exactly. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mine is definitely Uts. Salt and vinegar is my favorite. And one of my favorite pairing pairings with um, Uts salt and vinegar is an unoaked Chardonnay. That is very, uh, it's, it's very specific, say, right? I think that's very, no, but I'm yeah. just thinking like Uts, that's very like regional. Like if I'm I know, home, yeah. I don't see Uts. That's why right. I said Jays because like I like. I, I don't know what Jays is. Those, um, they used to be. It used to be a fact. I think it's still made in Chicago, but it's okay. probably like bought out by another um, larger mm. conglomerate or whatever. But mm. yeah, it was a brand of potato chips. Yeah. Well, it oh. still is a brand of potato chips. And so that's there. That's that region. Yeah. Sounds good. I think good. everybody might have their own chips. Because yeah, I don't think I don't think I see Uts when I'm at home. I'm trying to think. I think it's the so long. East, I don't know. This area. I feel like it's the East Coast. East yeah, Coast. I think, right. Yeah. All righty, next question. Name something you miss about California. And I, everybody's been to California, but Mel lived there. But if you have something. So I miss, so living out, um, when I was living out in San Francisco area, I miss the, um, like anyone you met that worked in the industry, in the wine industry, like we were all, first of all, we were like, had no money at all. Cause when you work out there and you're working in tasting rooms and you're just like trying to work full time, like you're making minimum wage or whatever, but there was a, this, wherever you went, whoever's house you went, it was like, they were a famous chef. Like they were a chef or they had wonderful wine or they had whatever, because they were all working within this little industry. Mm. Um, and everyone knows like Napa Valley or Sonoma as something totally different than the people right. that worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would, at the end of the night, you would go to someone's house and everybody would have their half bottles or whatever from the place that they work. And so oftentimes you would get to try these world-class wines. Um, and which was great because you had no money anyway. And then everyone there, like you would just cook and it was just a really cool thing to kind of, kind of do that just as a tasting room staff person. Um, California to me, like is in my heart. It's just where I'm from. And so um, my family until recently all lived out there. My friends are all out there. Um, I do not miss the traffic. Like you would drive to work, like I would commute in San Diego and I would commute and the traffic was just tough and it's gotten worse and worse. And now like my commute is 
like there's a tractor going in front of me and, <laughs> and I get really angry and I'm like, but then, you know, that's all that I have to deal with now. So um, I think I just mostly miss the people that I know out there and, and everything, but I've made some wonderful friends here too. Damn. And to think, I thought you was going to say tacos. Oh, <laughs> <And that. laughs> yeah. Actually, I was um, like, no, I that was such fries. a superb answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I had it all planned out, but California fries, if you guys have ever had What's California that? fries, it's like carne asada and um, cheese and guacamole and like sour cream on top of French fries. On top of fries. They're so hmm. good. I can't even explain it. Huh. Um, and you can get them at any taco shop, like San Diego. Really? Like, was just such, it had such good food. So. Huh. Yeah. On one hand, it sounds delicious, but then on the other hand, I'm like, but then the fries are soggy and not like crispy. Oh, but they're mm. so good. You you eat it with a fork. Mm. Oh, surely, because yeah. But I'm just fantastic. thinking. I'm just thinking like how I like my fries so crispy and salty. Mm. Interesting. I like the mush. Huh. A bit. That's almost like a mashed potato. Yeah, it's. I can't explain it. I can't quite explain it, but everyone. Oh no! Like, I mean, it's if you. I mean, just the no. idea of all that on top of potato, because like all that right. on a baked potato would be like extra delicious. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. It's like so, like that flavor works. Fries. Yeah, like loaded French fries. French fries when they put chili on, you know, chili yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe with a thicker fry. Maybe like a with a potato wedge. That there we go. That that was just a game changer. That yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, three is gonna cook that this weekend. <laughs> Just watch our Insta stories. It's gonna be on her yeah. IG. Exactly. Watch. Exactly. Pair with a mall back. Watch. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Tanisha and Glennis, is there anything that you like miss about California? Wine country. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. Yeah. Oh. Wine and the good restaurants because it's just the restaurants up in Sonoma and Napa is just unbelievable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I miss. Yep. I miss the weather. I really like California weather. Mm-hmm. It's sort of that, just like that bright sun, it's not really humid, and then it gets really cool at night. I love that. Mm. Yeah, All the good stuff is canceled out to me by the traffic. Like, right. I just cannot. Like, all that good stuff, I'm like, all these things sound great until you have to get in your car. And um, that yeah. cancels out all the good vibes I have. Because <laughs> I love you have road rage. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, name your go-to cocktail. Sidecar. I'm sorry I'm yelling out answers. It's just something to do that right off the top of my head. Even though most people can't make it or don't do it right, but sidecar. If they're like, I don't know what that is, and I'm sidecar? like gin and tonic because you can't mess that up for real. So does that mean when they if they don't have beer or wine? I got sure, like say like say you go to Fridays or something. Like, are you I'm not gonna, ordering wine from Fridays? Are you like I'm getting the rest? No, I'm getting the beer. No, I'm getting okay. the beer. All right, that's fair. That's beer. fair. <laughs> Get the <a> beer. I'm definitely. <laughs> That's fair. Mel, what about you? I'm a gin and tonic, but is it also called a sidecar? No idea what no. a sidecar is. 
No, a sidecar is a, a cognac, a Cointreau, a little something syrup, lemon. Mm. Easy breezy. You can tell I do not get out much at all. <laughs> I am like. Um, I've been yeah, in I like Yeah, I like mm -hmm. um, gin and tonics, and I've been drinking gin and tonics with basil. And yeah, uh -oh. just add something. Did yeah. we just fancy it up? I don't know what it's called. I don't have a name for it, but I mean that's what I have in the house. So, and I have basil growing in the yard now because you know this is what I do now because I'm here. So I grow. Well, things. that's the fancy. Well, excuse me, I have basil growing in my yard. Uh, everybody got basil growing in their yard. It's the easiest um, thing to grow. I don't, I'm sorry, no, I don't we don't. Have basil in my yard. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Well, I do love basil. And I love basil on pizza. Yeah, basil on pizza is bomb. Oh, good grief, basil on pizza. Oh, basil. Oh, yeah, with tomato sauce and then the cheese. Oh, Look, mm. I need pizza tomorrow. Thank mm. you. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. Okay. okay. Do y'all have a hangover remedy? Don't drink too much. Girl, Water please. Please. Water and sleep. That's fair. Yeah, mine is before I go to bed, like if I know I've been drinking a lot and I'm like, oh, this might be a situation, I'll drink like half a bottle of water and take uh, two Advil before I go to sleep. And then that usually works. That water flushes me, you know, right on out. Add a little bit of B6 to that. So like Ooh. drink your water and like literally Google it. The B6 will lit cure it in the morning. Like, I have two kids. I cannot even have a hangover. Like, my two-year-old is like, eh, does not care if I have a headache, whatever. B6 helps. Yeah, kids mm -hmm. are not here for it. Kids be like, right, so that was yesterday. B6. Now it's today. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. So you just have B6 lying around in pills? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. B6 gummies. I was just going to Google gummies. it. I wasn't going to ask her that question because it's <laughs> recorded. No, so, yeah, B6, B6 gummies. Because like you, know, you drank a little bit, you're hungry, you're like a little gummy, right? Oh, B6 hmm. gummies got B6 you. B6 gummies. Uh, no, it's our arsenal. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right now. Right Listen, both of y'all taking notes like B6 mm -hmm. gummies. You were going to thank me. I have to <laughs> I actually don't have one because the I mean the stuff I used to do doesn't really work anymore. So um Oh, are you immune now? You I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that yeah, I don't know. I used to do the I used to take one Advil and then make sure I got up and drank water, but I don't know. That doesn't work anymore. Does ramen work? Does that hmm? work for you? Because I say too. Say it again. Ramen noodles. I would do that the day after if, you know, I didn't. How do I get ramen in the, the morning, bus. though? Yeah, I would do it in the morning because I'm like, well, I mean, mm -hmm. if I'm hungover, I can really, it wouldn't be morning by the time I peel myself out of the bed. And I'm so, sorry, do you mean like top ramen out the package or you mean like ramen ramen, like real ramen? Girl, top ramen out the package. Where are you oh, going? I, you know, I, can't, I can't eat that. Are you trying to kill me? No way. It is, it's, listen, for no. hangover, because I need the hot, uh, the broth that comes okay. with it. Not even a noodle part, but the broth and the seasoning. That That's the main thing that you need. All right. Got it. That's fair. Because that was an old college remedy. And, you know, sometimes yeah. if all else fails, they were only, old faithful. what, 10 yeah. for a dollar or whatever the crazy yeah. price. 
Yeah, yeah. Brian Marlowe. Hmm. Back in college. Girl. <laughs> no. You believe he ain't like that? And swore once I got out of college, I wasn't going to do it again. But then I was Isn't like, it? well, it works. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last question is for Melissa. Okay. So it's Sunday evening on your farm. You and your husband have lit the fire pit. What are you drinking and what song is playing? Hmm. So we try hard at home not to drink black ankle. Um, just because, uh, you know, you have it here. You don't want to get a sour palate. Yeah. Um, sometimes it would be black ankle because it's like what I have. Um, we love Chateau Neuf. Um, many different types. Um, we, we love... Um, there's a winery in Paso Robles that I recently just did like a virtual tasting with called Benome. And they've got some really good wines that they, um, now that it's cooling down, they're shipping. They're, they're new. Um, they've only been around about a year. Um, so they're interesting as well. They're a little bit more French in style. So lately we've been trying that. Mm -hmm. um, and what song is playing? So our song is um, Sea of Love by, sung by Cat Power. Ooh, very nice. Which is kind of, it's just like very, you know, subtle. My husband and I got married at my daughter's second birthday party, at our daughter's second birthday, and it was a, um, a dinosaur attack wedding, because it was like a surprise <laughs> for our guests. So like we had this big, because my daughter, she was two, and she just loved dinosaurs, and so we had this dinosaur attack cake, and it was like blood, like anyway, um, on the frosting, like the dinosaur was, so... Um, but then we had a bunch of people and like those people, who's going to show up to your two-year-old's birthday, right? They're going to be like the people that care about you. Like the people that don't have time for your two-year-old's birthday, like maybe they're not going to come. Um, so we ended up having about 30 people there and we did a surprise wedding. And um, so we like stood up real quick and got married. Um, and Sea of Love was like the song that we wanted to play. Um, but the person that was handling the music because it was a surprise, uh, I don't even know what they played. They couldn't find Sea of Love, so they played something by, like, who knows what. Um, anyway, so we try to play that when we're trying to be romantic. Nice. But That's a cute story. Also, like, you know, it was way cheaper. You know, Dinosaur <laughs> Tech Wedding. Yeah. When <laughs> yeah. I tell you I'm going to Vegas, um, that's what's happening. I'll get married in Vegas. I'm not playing these games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or Disney songs. We may be playing, we may be having like Frozen 2 playing in the background while we're trying to drink wine by the fire because my nine year old, she's now nine, maybe is playing Frozen. That'd be a song we're listening to. I love yeah. it. I love it. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. Awesome. Great. It's a pleasure to meet you. Very nice to meet you guys. I appreciate your time today, you guys. So tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find, follow Black Ankle. Sure. So you can find us um, at our farm. So you can come out and visit us in Mount Airy. You can go to our website at www.blackankle.com. Find us on Instagram or Facebook at Black Ankle Vineyards. Um, and you can also get us in a lot of different stores. If you check out our website, you'll see stores in DC and in Maryland that carry our products. Um, or you can uh, go to our website and buy our wine. We'll ship it right to you. We're offering free shipping right now until the COVID crisis is over. So shipping is free on anything you order. 
Except for maybe the I show. Need to, yeah, maybe I need to have a order place so when I get home, it is right there waiting yeah. for me. Except for the sparkling, right? <laughs> right. The shipping on the sparkling is three hundred dollars. The bottle is thirty-eight or thirty-five. It's no sweet discount. Can we get a swirl sweet shipping deal? I'll deliver it. I'll deliver it by hand. Serena and I will get ours. <laughs> I can't even ask her to pick mine up because that's going to be a whole situation. She's like, girl, I don't know what happened. It got lost, so I dropped it. I <laughs> like, girl, I thought I needed something to drink. I'm not going to lie about that one. I'm like, all that other stuff you got, you drink this. All right, fine, fine. I'll save it for you. I wouldn't do that to you, sis. I'll pay. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Enjoy thank the you. rest of your night. You too. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining the Swell Suite, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Melissa of Black Maple Vineyards. If you're local, be sure to make a reservation and check them out. Their wine is fantastic. Don't forget to like and comment on this episode and share on our social media. You can find all of our information in the description box. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.